You are now about to witness the strength of fantasy knowledge. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you are now tuned in to the speeds and spitting statistician on Fantasy Freestyle. Up next on that cypher, the, 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 the mic. On the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet. Dane Martinez. You know what it is. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. The Spitting Statistician. And you are listening live to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Big shout-out, as always, though, if you're listening on iHeartRadio, listening live on TuneIn Radio, watching live on the Fantasy Sports Network live YouTube stream. We got a big show for you on a Monday where we hold ourselves accountable. I got my man, the animal, Chris Bovo. With me. He's on the ones and twos, keeping it so hot that we sweat steam. Listen, we got a big show on a Monday, like we always do about at this time. I will be giving you my week 10 takeaways, what was important for week 10. I'll be telling you what I got right, what I got wrong. And as it relates to my week 10 takeaways, it's also why being a good NFL team and being a good fantasy team are usually two different things. We'll get into that a little bit later on in the show and what I'll Offenses are doing in the NFL these days and why one path is good for fantasy and the other path is good for your actual team to be an NFL contender. We'll also talk about why job security can actually be a great motivator. It was certain at play in a couple of spots that I noticed in week 10, maybe with the Vikings, maybe in San Francisco as well. I will also preview Monday Night Football as we close out week 10 with the Carolina Panthers hosting the Miami Dolphins. We have a nine, nine and a half point spread. I'll tell you which way I would go with that. And as always on Monday, I give you a little trick. I try to help you get ahead of the game. It's worked before in weeks, especially if you never know what's going to happen. Injury related. You never know what's going to happen when someone has a diamond in the rough pops off. And that is our poll question tonight on the show here on the Fantasy Freestyle. Who was the diamond in the rough that helped you win week 10? Was it C.J. Beth? Was it Brandon LaFell? Was it someone else? And then the flip side, we do the diamonds in the rough and we do the fantasy fugazis, the people you need to forget about. Who made you forget about week 10? Was it potentially the number one wide receiver in all of football, Antonio Brown, who only got 47 yards against that blunt guts trash defense of the Indianapolis Colts. What about Tyrod Taylor? Tyrod was a guy that I was hyping up, but the New Orleans Saints came in there and shut them down. I got that wrong, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Or was it another one I got wrong, unfortunately? Boom, boom, Bilal, pow, pow, only 36 yards and a fumble. Who was your Fugazi? Who was your diamond? Let us know. And before we go to break, I will just let you know, they just announced the AL and NL Rookies of the Year. So here at the Fantasy Freestyle, we want to give a big shout-out to Cody Bellinger out there on the Los Angeles Dodgers for taking home the National League Rookie of the Year. And, of course, New York Yankees right fielder. All rise for the judge, Aaron Judge, winning the AL Rookie of the Year. When we come back, we do a little autopsy of the injuries that happened in Week 10. And I'll give you my biggest trends and takeaways from Week 10 of the NFL season. We're dropping stats over beats. We're getting going on another week here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
Hey, I'm Frank Stanfield, and here is Greg Sussman of the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever. What can you tell me about the DKMS Big Game Challenge? All you need to do is answer four trivia questions correctly, and you are going to the big game in Minnesota on February 4th. How do I get involved? Keep listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network every day and find out what we're playing. The showtime changes to make sure you're always locked and loaded. I'm in. And you can be in, too. Just make sure you listen to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network every day up until the big game because we're trying to give away tickets for you in Minnesota. It's the Big Game Trivia Challenge sponsored by DKMS, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez, a spitting statistician, holding you down. As we look back to week 10, we talk about the end of week 10, which is kicking off in about an hour as the Panthers and the Dolphins get it going from Carolina. And then we also start to look ahead to, uh, you know, how you need to organize yourself for a playoff run that is, if you're like me, and you have at least, you know, seven wins already on the fantasy football season. Let's go around some of the news and notes. Not a huge week for injuries. I will say this, though. Fat Rob Kelly, he's got a high ankle sprain and an MCL sprain. It sounds like he is actually going to miss a couple of weeks, if not more, for the Washington football team. Now, listen, they don't have much of a run game anyway, but I do think this means that Samaj P. Ryan is, you know, rosterable at least. And if you're facing some bye weeks, week 11, not a ton of buys. But if you're facing some issues, you may need to ride with Samaj P. Ryan. He will not have Rob Kelly in front of him. The Texans have announced that Tom Savage will continue to start at quarterback for their team. He will start in week 11 in case you thought of like, you know, TJ Yates or someone like that taking the title from him. No, it will still be Tom Savage over there in San Francisco. Remember, at first they thought um, Jimmy Garoppolo could get under center right after the bye. Now they're not so sure, okay, because uh, CJ, my boy CJ Beathard had a pretty good uh, performance against the New York Giants, so Kyle Shanahan saying he's not sure who their quarterback is or if or when Jimmy Garoppolo will wind up being the man under center for the 49ers at any point this year. The big injury also was up uh, the Green Bay game against Chicago running back Aaron Jones, rookie running back Aaron Jones. He had an MCL injury as well. He is going to be out three to six weeks. Here's the thing. Ty Montgomery also left that game. I believe he was with a rib injury. Jamal Williams is now the next man up. He is like the last man standing in this Green Bay backfield. I don't know that you necessarily want to you know, dive right in because you love the production he's going to get or you love the skill. He hasn't really shown to be able to pop off much just yet this year, but when I I do my free agent waiver wire fab budget focus on tomorrow's show, the Fantasy Freestyle. I'll let you know about what I think about Jamal Williams. He is, in fact, the next man up if both Aaron Jones and Ty Montgomery can't go for the Green Bay Packers. Devontae Freeman, he also was in the concussion protocol. Remember, he's had other nagging injuries over the last couple of weeks, shoulders, legs, things like that. They are already saying that Devontae Freeman is likely out for week 11. So to me, that means Tevin Coleman, you can fire up, in my opinion, as a back-end RB1. I think it is very interesting. Remember, these guys have always kind of split time. The other thing is Steve Sarkeesian, their offensive coordinator, who a lot of people are throwing shade to, saying he hasn't really figured it out just yet. He 
traditionally likes to have a workhorse, bell cow kind of running back. Maybe now with Jess Coleman, he has an opportunity to unveil it, his offense in his way. Keep an eye out for that for the rest of the week. And also coming off a bye... Uh, Eagles tight end Zach Ertz says he is a full go, was able to participate in practice. He should be back for the team with the best record in all the land, the Philadelphia Eagles, when they come back off their bye. They have the Cowboys in a big game next Sunday night. All right, let's talk about uh, some of my trends, some of my takeaways, some of my reactions, and some of your overreactions as it relates to Week 10. I mentioned at the top of the show, you can tell a very big difference between if a team is good for fantasy purposes or if a team is good in real life. One of the ways you look at this is the number of attempts that the quarterback has. If your quarterback is throwing 40, 45, over 35 times a game, let me tell you something. That's decent for fantasy because you're compiling stats, right? But it is not good for your real-life team. These volume throwers, right? The Eli Mannings, the Kirk Cousins. Look at what happened to Carson Palmer when he had no running back back before he got hurt himself. Then as soon as they had a running back in Adrian Peterson, that they were comfortable with for that like two-week stretch. You saw what happened? His attempts went down. So what you actually need is maybe you need a team that, I mean, think about the the, the opposite. Uh, Carson Wentz. Jared Goff. Sometimes they're throwing for three touchdowns, but on on 19 throws. Sometimes we've seen Flacco win games this year. 12 12 completions. We've seen Trubisky win a game. Four for seven. You know, we've seen other people win games without those attempts. The the volume throwers are good for fantasy, are not good for your NFL team. Remember, Eli Manning, Carson Palmer, Kirk Cousins. Here's the other thing. Look, here's a perfect case study for this. Look at what the Saints and Drew Brees are doing. Drew Brees in years past used to be that guy throwing for 5,000 yards, putting it up a ton of times. That's not the case anymore, okay? That is just straight up not the case anymore. Drew Brees went 18 of 25 for only 184 yards last week, but the Saints continue to ascend, continue to look good. Why? Because they have other elements at play. Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, Ingram with three touchdowns, 131 yards rushing. Kamara, 106 on the ground, another 32 via the air. He gets in the end zone as well, okay? So you don't need to be a volume thrower to be good in real life. These even 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 the Tom Brady's not necessarily a volume thrower. They have other elements of the game that they work in. And the thing is, besides just being kind of efficient and getting around the 250 yards, you know what it comes down to? It comes down to you need to have a quarterback that can manage the fantasy herd. I've talked about this a lot. There's a lot of offenses out there where you're just playing whack-a-mole on any given week. Um, Who is it that's going to pop for the Detroit Lions? Everyone was on Marvin Jones. He didn't do jack this week. Is it going to be Eric Ebron? Is it going to be Amir Abdullah? Is it going to be Golden Tate? People are high on Kenny Galladay. The reason none of these guys can pop consistently week to week is actually because they have a quarterback doing the right thing for their NFL team, not for your fantasy team, okay? The good offenses these days, they are fantasy herd offenses with a shepherd that knows how to shepherd his herd and get different 
different people. They pick the matchups. That's what they do. They line them up. They read the mail. They do the hard count. They see where the blitz is coming. They're changing the play. Kill, kill, kill. They're going to the right matchup. Think about this. Think about some of these like wide receiver ones. Think about DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, he gets his targets, but is his team good? No. When his team was good was when he had Deshaun Watson, and that was when Will Fuller was also popping off, not when DeAndre Hopkins was just the wideout one. Think about Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, he had a big game with 10 catches. Was his team good? No, they actually didn't get the job done. Contrast that with what I'm calling as fantasy herd offenses that are good. Think about how in Detroit you got Tate, you got Jones, you got Ebron, you got Abdullah, you got Riddick. That's good because of the herd. Not good for fantasy. Think about the Philadelphia Eagles. Got Jeffrey, got Ertz, got Aguilar. People were trying to be on Aguilar. No, you're not supposed to be on Aguilar. Why? He's just a member of the fantasy herd. Take the shepherd, Carson Wentz. Instead, you're never going to know who's going to pop off. The second you think Alshon Jeffrey does it, that's the week Zach Ertz gets two touchdowns. The second you think that Nelson Aguilar is going to be an actual wide receiver three, that's the week they go to Trey Burton or Alshon Jeffrey or Tory Smith or Wendell Smallwood, but having all of these weapons accumulate in the fantasy herd is what's actually good for NFL. Think about the Rams. It's a fantasy herd. It's Gurley. It's Woods. It's Watkins. It's Cup. It's even Higby sometimes, right? Because they have the benefit of the herd. And Jared Goff is the person that could pick out his matchups, call the play, change the play, identify the matchups. There's another one. Think about Minnesota. Diggs and Thielen and McKinnon and Rudolph. Fantasy herd. Case Keenum was a pretty good shepherd yesterday and a couple of other weeks if you want to know the truth. Think about with the Pats. We've been talking about this with the Pats. We've been talking about this with the Steelers forever. They are fantasy herds. You never know which Patriots running back is going to do it, and it is a fool's errand to try. The fantasy herds are great for real-life NFL, not so much for fantasy. The volume throwers and true stud number one wide receivers are great for fantasy, not so much for the real NFL. Keep an eye out on that as you look to add people from the waiver wire, things of that nature. Also, I had some call shots last week. I told you about this Dallas Cowboys team without Ezekiel Elliott. I told you to sell on Alfred Morris, Darren McFadden, Rod Smith, and I said the reason was because not only are those not as high-quality backs, but I said the offensive line was a problem. Tyron Smith goes down. Dak Prescott got sacked eight times by the Atlanta Falcons, six by Claiborne himself. That is the issue, and when you don't have Ezekiel Elliott to keep him honest, these guys can pin their ears back. I told you about that. I told you Adrian Peterson was washed. He had 21 carries for 29 yards, and they're going to start putting 53 men in the box. In the DFS world, I told you A.J. Green would have a bounce back, 115 yards and a touchdown later. I hope you put him in your lineup. I told you Evan Ingram was an elite tight end option. He had six catches and a touchdown. Don't get me wrong. There were some games that I did not get right. There were some people who put it in my eye. And we're going to talk about that when we come back here on the Fantasy Freestyle. I will hold myself accountable to what I got wrong. And then we'll open up the phone lines at 844-843-6879. If you want to holler at speeds about Week 10 or beyond, I'm your man. Come on back. Fantasy Freestyle. Hunter Henry. Sterling Shepard. Michael Thomas. 
These three NFL sophomores are not due to slump. They're due to break out, just like the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. In year two, things are only getting better. Make sure to listen live and download the app, FNTSY Radio. It's free and it's 24-7. The best fantasy sports content is on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Shimmy, y'all. You know what it is. It's your boy Speeds, the spitting statistician. We're here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I was going over Week 10, some of the things I got right. I told you about that Dallas-Atlanta game. I told you not to be high on guys like Darren McFadden, Rod Smith. I told you I wanted no part of them. I told you that offensive line was a problem. Well, with Smith going down at left tackle, Dak Prescott got sacked eight times. The running lanes weren't necessarily there. Game flow was out of control as well. So hopefully you didn't just go crazy and thinking that all of a sudden Darren McFadden was going to be able to plug and play for, for Ezekiel Elliott. I told you how I had AJ, how I had Evan Ingram and DFS. I also had a lot of people asking me last week what they thought about the Rams wide receivers and I was saying how much I liked Robert Woods on last week's Tuesday show. I said he was 37% owned, that it was going to go up and that he was my number one wide receiver ad. Hopefully people listen to your boy the spitting statistician because he could have helped you to a W in week 10. I didn't get it all right though. I got this Saints-Bills game wrong. I got this Saints-Bills game wrong. I thought it was going to be tough for the Saints in a non-conference road spot. I thought that Tyrod was going to be able to handle the defense, that he didn't turn the ball over a lot, that he was getting weapons returning back, and that was not the case. The Saints were very impressive as they went up to Buffalo and rolled the Bills, who were on long rest 47-10. to But... To my point earlier, it is an evolution happening in New Orleans. I've been telling you about their defense getting better. The Saints' defense is now fourth in the league in points given up, eighth in the league in yards given up, seventh in turnovers, and tied for the league lead with four touchdowns scored by their defense. This is what they did in the year when they won the Super Bowl. They had a turnover-happy, opportunistic, middle-of-the-road defense to pair with Drew Brees, but what Drew Brees is now doing is managing and evolving. Like I said, only 18 completions, 184 yards, but this combination of Ingram and Kamara is taking over, in my opinion, for Freeman and Coleman down south as so fresh and so clean. The run game also, it helps sustain drives so the defense can rest before they're back out there. Okay, It's not just a high-end passing attack to the point I was making before. When Drew Brees was a volume thrower. The Saints were behind in games and they weren't doing well. They are now more well balanced. They are now more of a fantasy herd with Breeze as the shepherd and look at them in first place in the NFC South. I didn't get that game right though. I thought the Saints were going to do it. Uh, some of my DFS calls were not there. I was on Bilal Powell. He did not pop. In fact, he got 
outgained by Elijah Maguire, 58 to 36. I told you that I liked, it's a new day. Mohamed Sanu, only 29 yards receiving through the air. And here's the other thing. I've been on this kind of like young ascending backs and how they're going to try and take more and more of the opportunity. In some places, it still looks that way. And in others, it just straight up doesn't. I mean, in Indianapolis, Frank Gore is still doing his thing, outworking Marlon Mack, getting more yards, 61-26. However, in Houston, Dante Foreman had seven carries to, to uh, Lamar Miller's 11. Lamar Miller, though, still well outproduced him, so he's holding him off. But what about in Denver? Devontae Booker closes the gap with C.J. Anderson. C.J. had 10 carries. Devontae Booker had eight. Could that gap be closing? Think about in San Francisco. Matt Breida got nine carries to Carlos Hyde, 17. That gap is closing. Breida with his second most carries of the season. And the one I want to talk about is also in Tennessee. Listen. DeMarco Murray had a great game. 14 carries, 42 yards, two touchdowns, another touchdown in the receiving game. But Derrick Henry had more rushing yards than DeMarco Murray. Derrick Henry had 11 carries to DeMarco's 14. That gap is also closing. So keep an eye on that. In some places, they are ascending. In others, they are not. We're going to have to, instead of having that be a big bubble of, you know, my thesis, we're going to have to parse them one by one. I like Derrick Henry moving forward. I like Devontae Booker moving forward. Not so much as it comes to Marlon Mack. Not so much as it comes to Dante Foreman. Um, The other thing I was going to say is why job security is a great motivator. I remember at the beginning of the year, we talked about... um, Patty Mahomes being drafted by the Chiefs. And then lo and behold, Alex Smith now throws the ball down the field. Alex Smith is now an MVP candidate. A lot of people thought that seat was warm and that Patty Mahomes was coming after him. Also, Teddy Bridgewater dresses for the Vikings as a backup yesterday. All of a sudden, Case Keenum goes off for over 300 yards and four touchdowns. And they have come out and now said that Case Keenum will still be the quarterback for the Vikings next week. Jimmy G is acquired by the San Francisco 49ers. And all of a sudden, C.J. Beathard, and they're saying, oh, we don't know. We might try to start Jimmy Garoppolo this week against the Giants. Yeah, with that pressure, all Beathard does, C.J. Beathard, is have his best game as a pro, 280. 88 yards and two touchdowns, great completion percentage, up around 70% for the game. And he also ran one in, but then again, he was facing the New York football giants. I wonder what uh, Brock Osweiler would do if he had a guy like Paxton, Paxton Lynch actually healthy and breathing down his neck. It's interesting. Beathard did do his thing against these giants, and I got to say this, my last takeaway before we get to the calls. I don't usually say this, but... Ben McAdoo is a dead man walking. He really is. A lot of people are thinking they were actually going to fire him today. I don't think that's going to happen, but mark it down. The Monday after Week 17, Black Monday, Ben McAdoo will, in fact, be terminated as head coach of the New York Giants. I mean, did you see both uh, Marquise Goodwin and uh, Garrett Selleck had huge, uh, long touchdowns? And again, people in the back end of this Giants defense, they are not trying. Eli Apple, Janoris Jenkins, they're not trying to tackle. They're like turnstiles saying, go right ahead. The Maras even had to release a uh, statement today. And here's what it says. Ben McAdoo is our head coach and he has our support. We are in the midst of an extremely disappointing season. Our performance this year, particularly in the last two weeks. By the way, that's when the team gave up on Ben McAdoo. 
um, has been inexcusable and frustrating. He says, though, they say, though, our plan is to do what we have always done, which is not to offer a running commentary on the season. At the end of the year, we will evaluate the season and in its entirety and make a determination on how we move forward. To me, that's the writing on the wall. Ben McAdoo, you are a dead man walking, but because the New York Giants are a tried and true blue blood class organization, they are not going to make the change midstream. All right. Let's go to the callers here. I talked about what I got right, things like Robert Woods, things like A.J. Green, things like the Dallas Cowboys without Zeke. I talked about what I got wrong, like how the Saints did, in fact, go in there and keep going so fresh and so clean. I didn't get boom, boom, Bilal Powell right, among other things. So now that I've put it all out there, we'll see what the callers have to say, if they want to hold me accountable or if they want to look ahead right now to Monday Night Football in Week 11. And what a great person to start off with, a true friend of the cipher. It is top. Taco and Bama. Taco, how you doing? Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. I'm doing pretty good. Good. You uh, got a win in week 10? I'm, I'm about 23 points ahead. I still got Devontae Parker going, and he has uh, Funches going. I think you could do that. Uh-oh. I don't think Funches outscores him by 23. We shall see, but I think you're looking pretty good to be set up. And I know you're a playoff contender already, Taco, so let's look ahead. What do we need? I am. That's what I'm. That's kind of what I'm wondering. Uh, I dropped McFadden yeah. today. Picked up. Uh, well, I'm, I'm in an IDP league, okay. so I picked up uh, uh, Navarro Bowman. Okay. But uh, I'm I'm wondering if I should uh, after these these two bad weeks with Tyrod Taylor and Lashawn McCoy. Right. They have got an excellent schedule, playoff. right? They got a great schedule. And I'm wondering. Uh, I'm wondering what w- would you try to go pick them up or? Yeah. What would you do? Yeah, Taco. I, my, me... my two quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins and Marcus Mariota. Okay, but, I mean, I think I like the Mariota matchups as well. I do believe, and 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 I was telling you about Kirk Cousins. Listen, I don't think any of them are bad, to be quite honest. Listen, the Mariota matchups. I'm looking at them right now. Right. Um, you got. You know, I think you keep Mariota to help you get into the playoffs if you need anything because it was 12 and 13. They got Indianapolis and Houston, right? In week 15, if you make it to the fantasy semifinals, you got the San Francisco 49ers, you know? So I think those are good matchups. I got no problem with those, uh, with those matchups. I'll pull up Kirk Cousins in a little bit, but I got to tell you, with Buffalo, I think you, I think it's good that they, um, didn't do well the last couple of weeks because I like their matchups. Listen to me. Week 13, New England. Week 14, Indianapolis. Week 15, Miami, which is easy. Week 16, New England again. I love those matchups. They just ran into New Orleans, who was a buzzsaw, and also played a time of possession game. Drew Brees didn't throw for 200 yards. It was Ingram and Kamara on the ground. They had the ball for 42 minutes. I think the Bills only had it for 18 last night or yesterday. That's not going to happen all the time. I believe that the Bills are going to be decent when they get Kelvin Benjamin back in the routine, they get Clay back in the routine. I am okay with that, Taco. I am okay with the Bills moving forward. I like their matchups going forward. They get the they get the Patriots twice. They get the Indianapolis Colts. I like that. Yes, I'd be okay going ahead and getting some Bills, Taco. Thank you for the call. Up next on the Fantasy Freestyle is Dan in New Jersey. Dan, we're up against the break, so give me your question, and if I don't get it right now I will answer it after the commercial break. Dan in New Jersey, he's dropping stats over beats. What's up? 
Thanks, Dane. I'll keep this yeah, brief. Um, so I got a standard 10-team league. Um, we obviously know the Freeman situation yeah. with his injury. So I'm going to need an, an RB or two um, to pair with uh, Fournette this week. So I got the number 10 priority. Um, and here are a few of my guys. Because since I have number 10, I probably won't get my first choice. Right. But if you give me two or three out of these, out of these six, seven guys, okay. you could let me know now or after the break. So okay. I got Lat Murray. We got Jamal Williams. We got Eckler. Stu, Jay Stu, um, Clement, Perrine, and then any of the Seahawks running backs. All right, uh, fair enough. Here's what we're going to do, Dan. We do, in fact, have to take a break here on the Fantasy Freestyle. Thanks for giving me the question and the options. What we're going to do is we're going to come back. Dan in New Jersey gets his answer about running back waivers. And then I also see that we've got Sean in Ohio. We're going to get to Sean. We're going to answer those questions. We're also going to give you my Monday night football preview and a whole lot more. We're dropping stats on overbeats well on our way to Week 11 and your fantasy championship. It's Dane Martinez in the Fantasy Freestyle. Come on back. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone, we promise. No weird viruses. No strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Nasty Nas, Nasty Nas. This is a little Nas coming back as we uh, drop stats over beats here on the Fantasy Freestyle. My man Chris Bavona, the manimal with me on the ones and twos, making it so hot that we sweat steam. I had a caller right before we went to break. It was Dan in New Jersey. He said, uh, you know, he had a... Devontae Freeman injury issue. He's in the cold, dark, quiet room in the concussion protocol. He's got Leonard Fournette, and he needs to try to figure out an RB2 moving forward. He asked me about Lat Murray, Jamal Williams, Eckler, and Samaji P. Ryan. I'm going to tell you, first of all, to Dan and everybody else, okay, tomorrow's episode of the Fantasy Freestyle on Tuesdays, and if you're part of the Stats Overbeat Cypher, you know it. Every Tuesday, I give you my position-by-position waiver wire, fat budget ads, who I think are the hot ads and my take on all of them, and so I'm just going to help out Dan real quick though here are out of these four running backs um I'm not on Eckler I think he was kind of like a Mambo number five a Macarena he was a one-hit wonder they went back to Melvin Gordon if you watch the end of that game Eckler then almost also fumbled at the end of that game and gave it up and allowed the Jags to get back in it and they ultimately did win that game so I don't think Eckler's going to be seeing the field much moving forward as it relates to Latavius Murray Latavius Murray is game flow dependent Dan and everybody else out there okay the Minnesota Vikings were up big that is the reason he was able to pop off. The other game Lat Murray did big was when they beat the Browns by a ton. Game flow is the issue for the Minnesota Vikings. And check out their next couple of games. The Vikings take on the Rams. They take on the Lions. They take on the Falcons. And then they take on the Panthers, who have a good defense. I don't think that the Vikings are going to be up big against any of those teams and kind of parking the bus with Latavius Murray. So it is not Latavius Murray for me. That leaves two guys, Jamal Williams and Samaji Pirine. I like Jamal Williams as my number one running back waiver wire ad this week. Remember, when all this Aaron Jones stuff was going on about four or five weeks ago, I said I like Jamal Williams 
Jones better than Aaron Jones. I thought he was a better back. I said that's why he was listed higher than Aaron Jones on the depth chart at the start of the season. I told you guys that Ty Montgomery as a frail wee man would not be able to stand up to the attrition of the running back position. I just hopped off him a little bit too soon. I believe Jamal Williams is worth your waiver wire pickup, Dan. But you mentioned I think you have the 10 priority or something. So you're not going to get Jamal Williams. What I would do if I were you and you are need, in need of an RB2, yeah, I'd put in your second claim on, on Samaj P. Ryan. As I said at the top of the show, Rob Kelly has an MCL injury. They say he is going to miss the next couple of weeks. The next couple of weeks are, in essence, through your regular season of fantasy football. Samaj P. Ryan will be the early down back. Remember, they have also said in Washington a number of times that they are looking to limit and protect Chris Thompson. So to me, that means fire up Samaj P. Ryan. I like Williams. I like P. Ryan. I'd put him in that order, uh, Dan. And I think you might ultimately wind up with P. Ryan, and I am not that mad at it. Remember, tomorrow's show... On the Fantasy Freestyle, I'll be going through every position, the hottest, the most uh, frequently added players, and I'll tell you if I like them like I do with Piran and Williams, if I'm off them entirely like a guy like Eckler, or if I think you need to dig a little bit deeper to see if they're truly a Fugazi or not, like it relates to Latavius Murray. I've always thought that Lat Murray was just a guy. We have other callers here on the Fantasy Freestyle. I'm going to try and help them win their leagues and win that cash. Up next, it is Sean in Ohio. Hey, Sean, you have Dropping stats over beats. How can we help you? Did you get a win in week 10? Uh, I will actually get a win in week 10. I thought I had a loss for sure with all of Kansas City's offense gone. I had Alshon Jeffrey on by and Mike Evans on uh, suspension for a week. But you pulled it out? So, uh, yeah, I pulled it out. I I pulled uh, San Francisco's quarterback off waiver wire. Nice. Day of. Nice. Uh, That one saved me. Yeah, absolutely. So, he was only uh, started in 4% of leagues, Sean. You were part of the 4%, and his three touchdowns had to help you. you got to like that. Playing the quarterback <laughs> against the Giants th- these days absolutely uh, seems to work. How can we help you moving forward, though, uh, Sean? So uh, my first two picks, Mike Evans and uh, Michael Thomas, have been really disappointing. Yeah, I got on my bench for uh, uh, wide receivers, I got Shepard Hill, Alshon Jeffrey, who uh, should be good for the rest of the season. So I'm wondering, do I try to move one or both, try to help out tight end? Because that's my spot I'm in bad shape on. Sure. Uh, thanks for the call, Sean. It does sound like you have depth at wide receiver. Okay, and listen, Sterling Shepard. Remember, I just said this at the top of the show. If you guys were listening, I said the fantasy herds are good for the real team, not good for... Uh, your fantasy team, and vice versa, right? The volume throwers are good for your fantasy team, not good vice versa. You have some of this in play right now. Mike Evans, they are not a good team in Tampa. They are going to be down. They are going to be throwing, whether it's Fitzpatrick or whether it's Jameis Winston. Doug Martin continues to defecate the mattress for the Bucks as well. I don't think you move Evans when he comes back from suspension. I think he stays. Michael Thomas, however... If you need to get a tight end, because it sounds like that's where you're weak, Sean. If you need to get a tight end, 
I would flip Mike Thomas, and I would do it this week. If you have him all year, you know this is the first week, Sean, where he got over 100 yards. And the Saints are evolving to be one of these fantasy herds that I'm talking about. It might be Ginn one week. It might be Thomas one week. You know it's going to involve Ingram, and it's going to involve Kamara as well. If you need to flip uh, one of these guys for a, a good tight end, like if you're trying to get a Zach Ertz, if you're trying to get an Evan Ingram, if you're trying to get a Cameron Brait, if you're trying to get a Kelsey or someone like that, try to dangle Michael Thomas. Try to dangle Michael Thomas. Try to target a guy like Kelsey or Ertz or even Evan Ingram. See what works out for it. Because if you had Shepard and Ingram, you pretty much have the entire Giants offense. I like Evans. I like Shepard. I like Hill. I like a lot of the other guys you got. I would flip Michael Thomas because he is now part of a fantasy herd. Thanks for the call. though. Up next Next on the Fantasy Freestyle, we go out to the West Coast where we have Andy. Andy is in Cali. Hashtag dropping stats over beats. What's good, Andy? Did you get a W in Week 10, and how can we help you moving forward? I love your show. I got a W with uh, Week 10. I have a trade question. Yep. Uh, I got over. I will see Tom Brady and Golden Tate, and I will trade out away. Michael Murray and Say it again, Andy. Brown. I missed the beginning of that. Say it again. Sorry. Go ahead. I got Troy Over, Tom Brady, and Golden Tate. You you would be and getting would away, Brady and uh, Tate? You'd be getting Brady and Tate? Yes. Okay. Who would you have to give up? Yes. Uh, Jimmy Graham and Michael Murray. It's a full, full PPR. Yeah, I do that. I do that. I do that. Yes. And I, Who would be your tight end if you lose? Have- Who's your tight end if you lose Jimmy Graham? Uh, Evan Ingram. That's fine. uh, Absolutely. No, if you have Evan Ingram, you're fine trading Jimmy Graham. And when you lose DeMarco Murray, who are some of your other running backs? I got Kareem Hunt. Joe Mixon and Olin Dockwa. You're good to go. Make that trade. Hit accept right now, Andy. Grab yourself Tom Brady. Grab yourself Golden Tate. To be quite honest, Brady and Tate are the two best players in this four-player deal. The only way I would have said no is if you needed DeMarco Murray so much on your roster because you have no other running backs. But with guys like Kareem Hunt, even Orleans Darkwa, and Joe Mixon, you're fine at running back. And now you're going to get a weekly advantage at quarterback every week. Golden Tate's going to help your wide receiver room. And so now you're in position probably even to trade your current quarterback because you got TB12 riding out for you. I love that deal for you, Andy. I pulled the trigger, and I accept Tom Brady and Golden Tate onto your my squad right now, okay? That's what I got to say. I love that. I love that trade. It sounds like we are done with the callers right now dropping stats over beats. And I got to tell you guys something, okay? I love what you guys are doing, hitting me up on Twitter all the time, okay? But I got to tell you the truth. I apologize. When it's like Saturday, Saturday night into Sunday morning, I can't respond to everything, okay? You got to hit me up on Twitter before Saturday or you got to call into the show. I host Lineup Lock Live Sunday morning from 9 a.m. all the way to kickoff. We open up the phones. If you want an answer because I know I saw some people ask me questions I couldn't get to them I got a lot of stuff going on on a Sunday morning I like to watch football you know myself chilling without having to answer so I'm sorry if I couldn't get to you but hit me up earlier in the week and then you know hit me up on air either Friday on the Fantasy Freestyle or Sunday on Lineup Lock Live when I'm hosting with Corey Parsons, Emery Hunt, Maria Marino we bring in Jake Seeley we get bring in Tony Sincata we bring in Dr. A this week we had my man Joey P Joey Piece of Pizza in for the fantasy executive and we'll help you get what you need to win your leagues and win that cash on friday i gave out a dfs lineup 
Like I said, though, Bilal Powell, Mohamed Sanu, they were fugazi for me. But that doesn't change the fact that if you are dipping your toe into the DFS waters, don't play on some of these big sites where some of these guys have algorithms and they have 50, 100 lineups that they put into uh, every contest, okay? Go on over to www.fantasyfactor.com. I love it, okay? Because if you're, especially if you're a novice, if you're trying, you have a chance to win. It's single entry contests, okay? Okay, smaller tournaments, flatter prize pools. I completely recommend it. If you are just starting, go on over to fantasyfactor.com. Tell them your boy Speed sent you. And also, they do free rolls every week of the NFL and NBA free rolls. They do a $50 free roll. I think it's a really great place to get yourself started. Single entry contest, and we gotta love that. What I did tell you, though, was don't hit me like Saturday night, Sunday morning, but I do love that a lot of people were hitting me up already early with their hashtag game of inches nominees so do it right now as your matchup ends after Monday Night Football tonight I want to hear something that was crazy I want to hear that you won you know because of a last second um, extra point that got blocked like I said on Saturday on Thursday Night Football with Seattle like if you had the Seattle defense if you had Phil Dawson okay if you you know got beat by .0001 because a quarterback kneeled down or something if that happened to you, even if you're on the winning side or the losing side, send them in to your boy at Spittin' Speeds. Use the hashtag Game of Inches. We'll be sure to use them as a nominee on the show. When we come back, what we do is I answer a question or two from the YouTube stream from my man Chris the Analyst Ventra, and I give you my Monday night football preview for the Panthers and the Dolphins. When we come back, it's Fantasy Freestyle. Come on back. It's Speeds. Ooh, ooh. Fantasy freestyle the good offenses these days they are fantasy herd offenses with a shepherd that knows how to shepherd his herd and get different people they pick the matchups that's what they do they're going to the right matchup think about how in detroit you got tate you got jones you got ebron you got abdullah you got riddick that's good because of the herd the fantasy herds are great for real life nfl not so much for fantasy weekdays from 7 to 8 p.m eastern on the fantasy sports radio network Spittin' Speeds is the illest. You know what it is right here. We're dropping stats over beats on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Fantasy Freestyle on a Monday. And Week 10 finishes up in about half an hour as the Dolphins take on the Panthers. Panthers are nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Let me tell you something. The Panthers at home, every now and then they do blowout teams. I don't think this week is going to be one of them, though. I think the Dolphins are actually a better offense than Adam Gaze uh, was dis- than what he was disappointed about. I think the trade of Jay Ajayi actually helps this offense. I think they're following their scheme and their game plan. I think Kenyon Drake and Damian Williams are a serviceable pair. I like the return of uh, Devontae Parker as well. He had five catches for 76 yards his last time. And also there was a sighting of Julius Thomas um, in this offense as well. He got in the end zone six catches, 84 yards. I think that can continue. I don't think the Miami ground game gets going against this tough Carolina Panthers defense. I do think guys like Parker, Landry, and 
and Thomas can all be productive. But if you want a real sleeper for me, for me, it's on the Carolina side. I like Curtis Samuel. He's only 13% owned. I like Russell Shepard as only 1% owned. When they traded Kelvin Benjamin away, they wanted to create space. They want to add speed with guys like Christian McCaffrey. That's what they are trying to do. Samuel and Shepard do that. I think they grow in potential. If you got a burn spot on the bottom of your roster, I wouldn't be surprised. Pick up Samuel. Pick up Shepard. I think people might be talking about them as waiver wire ads moving in to week 11. Ultimately, though, in this game, I think the Panthers do, in fact, win this game. However, I do not think they cover the nine and a half point spread. So with the points, give me the Miami Dolphins. But I think the Panthers win this game. I think it's right around the total of 46, slightly under. Give me the game, uh, Panthers 24 to 17. I think, however, Julius Thomas is a little diamond in the rough. Curtis Samuel is a diamond in the rough. Russell Shepard is a diamond in the rough. And my Fugazis are Jonathan Stewart and some of these Miami running backs, specifically Kenyon Drake. I don't think he gets it done against one of the best run defenses, a top five run defense in the NFL. I will say this. You know how much I love the Stats Overbeat Cypher. Someone won our DKMS uh, Big Game Trivia Contest on Friday. But we're you know hitting the reset button, and we're going to be doing it again. Not this week, but when it comes to Fantasy Freestyle, my Stats Overbeat Cypher, you better be here, and you better be ready to win these tickets. However, that is not the most important thing. Yes, being a winner is amazing, but you could be a winner at life. Go on over to DailyRoto.com slash DKMS. You could learn a little bit about how you can help the fight against blood cancer. You could register to be a bone marrow donor or a blood donor. It's very simple. You could be a match. You could really help save a life. If you listen to the Fantasy Sports Network, you know all season long we've been touting this. Hopefully you've already done it. And maybe... You can win tickets to the big game. All right. We got my man Chris, the analyst, venture down there in the fantasy sports dungeon. He monitors the YouTube stream. Everybody talking about how much they love the fantasy freestyle. Hopefully, hit that like button, rate, review, like, chime in, whether it's on the phone, on Twitter, or the YouTube stream. So, uh, hey, Ventra, what do we got going on? What are the people asking? You know what it is. Um, so, we got a couple waiver questions. Who would you claim on waivers? I'm assuming this is PPR. Shepard, Woods, or Marcus Lee? Wide receivers. Three wide receivers right there. Not Marcus Lee. Shepard or Woods. Um, it would be Shepard. For me, it would go Shepard, then Woods, then Lee. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and it's to be honest, it's right like I've been telling you, this fantasy herd offense. The Rams are now a fantasy herd. Yes, Robert Woods has popped off, and he's been great, and I love him. But watch. Next week, Cooper Cup could do the same damn thing. With Sterling Shepard, it's one of these more volume throw offenses. They're going to be behind. Eli's going to put the ball up a lot. And outside of Evan Ingram, the tight end, Sterling Shepard is the true wideout one, the only option. So give me Shepard, then Woods. And with Lee, I just I know he's been good lately, but I can't get behind the Jacksonville Jaguars. They want to run the ball to win. I don't rely on Bortle service. Neither should you. When we come back tomorrow, I'll give you my hot waiver wire ads. I'll give you my Monday Night Football recap. And we'll hear from you as well. Fantasy Freestyle with your boy Speeds. Come on back. I'll see you tomorrow.